Hello, everyone. This is Chris, and I am here with Jason, and we are coming to you from the chapel downstairs at Bethel Community Church. And we're coming today because we um, really have a desire to kind of connect with our community and the people around us uh, online and through podcasting and different media, and uh, which is why we wanted to add to this conversation, which is why I'm here. Um, in case you don't know who I am, my name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors at Bethel Community Church here in Edmonton, Alberta, and I'm here with Jason. You want to introduce yourself? Say hi to the people. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Jason here. Um, I have the pleasure of serving with the staff on Bethel, uh, doing all technical things. So this is kind of one of my passions. Jason is very technical. I would say so myself. I have surrounded by gear, but certainly love um, being able to serve and uh, sharing the gospel. That is very true. And you also have lots of chickens at home. <laughs> I have a few. I've had more in the past, um, but yeah. How are the chickens liking the weather right now? Uh, they like, like many people, they like the summer better. Can't blame them, really. I can't really blame them. Um, well, J- Jason, do you want to maybe kind of set up a little bit of what we're doing today and what, uh, you know, kind of what we want to hope to offer through our conversation? Yeah, um, so kind of we had a couple questions that we wanted to maybe ask. So one of the first ones is, um, how are you resetting this year, uh, Chris? Why, thank you. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think you do this. Do you just you do kind of reset every year a little bit, or? Uh, I probably should more often um, this year. Yeah, I would say a little bit more, but yeah, I I I, I try to. Good or bad, sometimes the Christmas season's really busy, as it is for most people, and I find that the busyness necessitates, I got to calm down a little bit. Uh, January is a time of reflection for me, it often is. But with that, I I found the past uh, few weeks have been really great. I kind of love looking back at the past year, Um, and even like the last week of the year, I almost felt like I had a week of Sabbath. It was amazing just to kind of rest and to commit to not do that much, um, that I felt that was like a really gift. Um, because then you start to look at all the things God's given you. It's like, this is amazing. Um, more time with family, friends. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, part of it, I, I think a big part for me for how I would reset in any year, what I've been doing is just looking back at rhythms, daily rhythms and making sure, is this the way I want my life to look? Um, I've been looking at exercise, trying and, Maybe like many of you out there haven't actually made it to the gym too many times. Um, but uh, yeah, the rhythms, like the way we go through life really matters. Like how, what are, the, what are the times that I'm using to spend in prayer? What are the times I'm using to read scripture? And how am I actually actively caring for myself, but also actively seeking God? So looking at those rhythms has been big. Anything you've been working on specifically? Um, one of the things that I've want to start doing more this year is uh, my whole family does skiing, uh, cross-country skiing. So I actually went uh, out skiing with uh, my family uh, last week. So that was really fun and enjoyable and certainly is a good exercise being out and outside and um, good exercise. And yeah, and then I also really love uh, one of the things that um, I've gotten into a really good rhythm and even more now is um, listening to scripture. Uh, going through uh, the first bit of Ruth, and that's been really 
um, something that's I mean, Ruth beautiful. Is just a great book. I mean, I'm not biased or anything. It's not like I don't have a daughter named Ruth. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you've used this for quite a while now. Dwell, right? That's what you use? Yeah, Dwell. Um, it's called Dwell IO. Uh, it's a Bible reading app, and it's it's amazing. It's great. I really like it. Uh, so one of the second questions that we wanted to ask uh, is, it's a new year. Uh, what should we be focusing on this year? Yeah, you know, I, I've we have the new year of things, so we've been resetting a little bit, but I've been really spending some time praying and asking God, like, what are we supposed to be doing? Here's a church, or if you're listening to this and you're not part of our church, but you're asking some of those same questions, that's I, you know, what, what are we supposed to be doing? Uh, here at Bethel Community Church, we just had a day of prayer, and it just gave me and many others a lot of space for just asking the Lord, what should we be doing this year and focusing on? I, um, and, you know, part of the opportunity to reset in a day like of prayer like we just had, which was really amazing, God was just doing some amazing things in the sessions of prayer, is that you really want to reorient around what matters most. Like when you reset, you're looking at the rhythms, or, you know, you're getting back up in your Bible reading plan or trying to pray or just do some things that are helpful. You want to arrange your life around what matters most. That's really important. And the thing that I've been thinking about, especially for our church, is, is this. It's the prophetic purpose of the church. And now, if you hear me say that, that might sound a little strange, but you know, we, we're, we're a church in Edmonton, Canada. Um, mm-hmm. I think of many different churches around North America and around the entire world. And the truth is that many of us live in communities and neighborhoods where, you know, there's a lot of people not walking with Jesus, that the world is consumed with darkness, it's consumed with conflict and controversy. And the reality is that if, you know, we love Jesus and we're called to follow him, we're called to be a light wherever we are. And even though, and it absolutely should be the case that to be a light and to be a witness wherever we are is a is love. We're supposed to love the people around you. I'm supposed to love you, my brother, Jason. I'm supposed to love anyone I'm around. But it's not just love. It is. We're also called to be a prophetic witness, which means we're people that are oriented around truth. And that means that we care about things and advocate for things that are good, that are contrary to what the world ultimately wants. It's yeah. contrary to what the world wants. I mean, I if I go out and... and and want to, yeah, I want to. I want to talk about what's the ultimate good for people at the grocery store. I'm going to hear 20, 30 different things, and none of them are necessarily what Jesus actually says. Yeah, and I even think of uh, I've started listening to a book um, called The Wisdom Pyramid, Pyramid, and uh, talking about yeah, there's so many things around us that are uh, conflicting or um, different, and yeah, listening to uh, the scripture and. How do we discern? How do we discern with all these uh, different views? How do we um, engage with them and social media and even just talking about how many um, different ways the, uh, technology is changing us and uh, how it's in- inundating us. So it's something that I've really yeah. enjoyed and it's certainly something that I've... Yeah. And that's why I, I think the word prophetic is a word we need to proclaim. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm saying it to myself. I want to claim this word because it's not, it's not just a special office. It's not just a special posture or calling that God gives people throughout history. Like, it actually is a fundamental principle. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're called to do. Like, I, I, think, I look at the prophetic purpose of the churches, being, that we are people that are supposed to proclaim the good news about Jesus and its implications 
to the whole world around us, every single one of us. And, and so that, that means that we need to prophesy. Like we, we need to be people that actually have space for prophecy, which at times we don't really use that word that much because sometimes it has some other sort of connotations that mm. can kind of throw people off a little bit. But especially when I was looking at yesterday, there, um, there was just a time of prayer with people and, um, I was meditating on this, uh, this, this, this kind of quote I wanted to share with you, Jason, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's by a monk named Carlo Carrezzo, um, and he wrote a book called The God Who Comes, but he talks about prophecy in a way that I think is really approachable and really important. You know, one of the things he says here is that when the child of God speaks, when the church, that is the society of faith and grace, speaks, there is no need for aesthetics or for technology or for culture. Prophecy, being divine by nature, has the power of casting light on our march towards freedom. Charity, having its origin in the theolo- theological love of God. And it has an exact vision of things and knows what is really good for us. He talks about how the call of the church is to prophecy. Like if We're called to prophecy because that's what mirrors the disciples in the upper room with Jesus yeah. before his death or even before Pentecost. It mirrors that moment of being united with Christ, breaking bread, and it mirrors this moment of what it looks like to be oriented around people of prayer. This is another part of the quote he says here. I'm reading, picking up again from what he says. But it is not easy to prophesy I bet you would probably agree with that. It's probably yeah. not very oh, easy. Absolutely. You would agree with that? Yeah. It is terribly costly is what he says. Yeah. If yeah. we're going to be people that prophesy, it is terribly costly. You even think of uh, prophets in the Old Testament, how often um, they were rejected. Yeah. Killed. Yeah, absolutely. Cast out. You know, put in prison, all of the above. What he's... What this monk says, Carlo Carreto, he says that it is terribly costly. It has to be drawn from the silence of God. And there is a need to swim against the stream, a need to pray at length, and a need to be without fear. Hmm. That if we want to be people that prophesy in our midst, we're in the northeast side of Edmonton, we want to be a bright light to our neighborhood and the community around us. If we want to prophesy to our neighborhood, we need to draw upon the silence of God, be willing to swim upstream, even when the current is big and raging against us. And we have to be committed to pray. What about that quote stands out to you? Hmm. I'm actually not sure. Um, this is the first time hearing it, so I don't. Know, I would probably have to listen to it and meditate it on more before I could even speak to it. But yeah. the um, this whole day that yesterday, which is one of the reasons why I thought it would be great just to hop on here, is is that I was just thinking throughout the whole day, like we are called to this work of being a prophetic witness where we are. And just helping people know the world around us, like God's grace is for each person that we come in contact with. And, you know, I, I, I thought also about what's been coming out of our worship over the past couple Sundays. There is this sense of longing for God to move where we are. Yeah. Because he desires to move. And then also looking for it. 
And I felt like both of those things yesterday and a day dedicated to prayer were captured in that, that this longing for God, Lord, would you move through our lives and my family and the, the messiness in my family? Would you move through my friendships or even in my workplace that every day I go in there, I fear people might find out that I'm a Christian or might think, might reject me because of some of my beliefs or faith. And at the same time, I desire that God moves in people's hearts and transform people. Yeah, you know, we, we I, a few weeks ago I preached on Simeon and Anda, and I I was I just felt like the Lord led me to this language of waiting with wonder. Yeah, like that's what longing looks like, waiting in the wonder of who God is, and that He does desire to move in our midst. Or I think about in Pentecost, people waiting for the promised gift of the Spirit, and they probably didn't even they didn't even know it was coming, and then it came upon them dramatically and changed everything. Yeah. And to sit in that, you know, whether, you know, you and I, we've walked with Jesus for a good while in our mm-hmm. lives. And yeah. we're a part of a church where many people are even more, well, more seasoned than us. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. They follow with Jesus in a much longer way and know what the sacrifices are for that life. But at each step of your life and different season of your life, you have an opportunity to wait and wonder for what God's doing because he does do new things. Um. And so I think that's been my passion. I've I, uh, been meditating. We've, we've read this as a staff here at Bethel, and I've shared this with other leaders as well. Something that you can find in Jeremiah 17. You know, Jeremiah, he's one of these prophets that he, gets, he becomes the outcast like that. Mm-hmm. Like he, he does not get resonance with the people he's with. They want nothing to do with them. They want nothing to do with his message. But this is something that I think... God says over Jeremiah, and I think he says for us as church where we are, 2023 now. He says, blessed is the one who trusts the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct. I've meditated on this passage over the past few weeks because I, you know, I think it's so important to be deeply rooted in God in all seasons of life. Yeah, and, I, and I've been convicted. I look at my life and I think there are parts of my life I have not given over to God. I have not given it over and I will not be the witness for the world, for the people around me, if I do not give myself over to God in this way. And, and just that image of a tree planted that it doesn't matter how hot it gets or we're in Edmonton, so how cold it gets. Yeah. <laughs> a leaves that always stay green or there's a drought that comes, it still bears fruit. That is the kind of tree that I, the church is called to be. Uh, so with all this being said is um, how do I apply this to my life, Chris? Jason? You know, we have to be people that are committed to what we see the prophets doing, what we yeah. see the people of God doing throughout all scripture. We have to be committed to longing. Yeah. The kind of longing and waiting that's not easy or comfortable. Simeon and Anna waiting at the temple. Mm-hmm. They're going to be the place where God's presence is, whether they knew Jesus was showing up or not. They've made yeah. it their life to be there. And then especially in the midst of hardship, that you sit and ask the Lord big questions. That is what longing looks like. It looks mm-hmm. like hungering and thirsting for things above everything else. Yeah. And 
if, you know, God does promise to meet us in our waiting and our longing, but we often don't set aside near enough the time, sacrifice enough of our attention and focus to actually long for him and desire for him to move in our lives. And the other thing, too, as you wait and long and you pray, I mean, a lot of this kind of culminates in prayers. You pray or seeking the Lord. You start to realize, wow, God, are you, are you, are you there? You start to ask these kind of questions. But you have to commit to looking and seeing what God's doing. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, you meet so many people who have followed Jesus in their life that say they're Christian and they kind of have seasons where they're really engaged with the church and then they fade in the background. And they stop looking. Mm-hmm. it's not just desiring this thing to happen in your life or in your, you know, the kind of sphere of influence around you. But you also have to be committed to look for what God's doing because he might actually start to move in ways you don't expect. He might move in different people that you don't expect. And when he starts to move, everything in the Bible says that's where, that's, that's where you want to be. Yeah, <laughs> You want to be around this. You want to give your time to this and be sensitive to what God's doing because he does desire to move in his people. He has plans for each of us. And so often he moves in unexpected ways. That's right. And so I think that's what I would say. I'm looking at this year. I'm, re- I'm looking at my rhythms, but I think like it's important to revitalize the practices that help me long, that help me look, because that's ultimately how I can brace and pick up this call that I feel like it's really important to prophetically proclaim the good news about Jesus everywhere and its implications. Yeah, to make to make him known. Yeah. So I, I think we're going to wrap up this conversation here. And I think the main thing I just want to share here is we want to use this space for gospel-oriented questions. Our mission as a church is to become like Christ and share him with others. And we want to come up with ways that are helpful, that equip the church, that build the church up to walk closely with Christ, to build up community, and also to make an impact in our world. And so we want to use this space for it. And um, if you're looking to be a part of those things in your life, join us. Yeah. We'll share as often as we can. You'll also find our Sunday messages here where we you can see glimpses of what God's doing in our worship services. Let's yeah. do it together.